I, uh, I feel like after that uh, song service and Martha's prayer, I feel like all I need to say is amen, and I'm finished. So, <laughs> But preachers can't do that, you know. We, we have this thing that we have to preach, and I, uh, I always relate to Paul. Paul said, if I don't preach, I die, that, that, uh, I, and I have to preach. So going to be a simple message today. Uh, but uh, but a profound one. Let me say a few things in introduction today. Uh, and the uh, Christmas begins with Christ, obviously. But uh, there, there's one kind of sad note in, in all of this. Nowhere in the Bible, especially the New Testament, are we told to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Nowhere. It's just not there. For so many reasons, one, he was born in the springtime, yeah. not anywhere near December 25th. December 25th was the birthday of the Roman God, and I won't go into any detail with that, but Roman, the Roman Empire controlled everything at that point, and uh, one, of the, one of the gods they celebrated uh, was uh, the sun god, and uh, they did that on December 25th because they thought that was a middle of the winter, and it is. We're, we're approaching quickly the shortest day of the year, and uh, right in the middle of the winter. And so uh, the Christians of that day and age, uh, rather than have a huge controversy by uh, trying to celebrate the birth of Christ uh, in opposition to the Roman Empire, which hated the Christians, uh, murdered them by the thousands, uh, they went ahead and adopted that particular day, d December 25th, as Christmas Day. Uh, he was actually born in the springtime. So, uh, I, as I said, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but it does answer a lot of questions quickly about why Christmas has gotten so perverted and turned into something totally commercial. And uh, basically, Christmas today leaves Jesus out, uh, <laughs> except in churches and in Christians, but uh, other than that, it's uh, it's just a time of commerce and and uh, and sometimes celebration. Now we are told. Please don't misunderstand because this is going out on the airways. Please do not understand. I'm not in opposition to Christmas in any way. Uh, I'm just trying to straighten up a few uh, mis mis misgivings there uh, along the along the way. Help you maybe to enjoy it for what it really is. Uh, it, uh, we are talking about the birth of Christ, and we are to glorify Him and honor Him and worship Him. And uh, that, that takes nothing away from the fact that uh, uh, they got everything wrong. <laughs> They're still getting everything wrong, by the way. Uh, if you look around at uh, churches and, and, uh, and some folks who claim to be Christians, they're, uh, they're getting it all wrong. But we're going to try not to do that here, okay? Uh, and uh, remind you once again to pray. Uh, you, you notice the slimness of our... I can, I can account for basically every one of these. Uh, Pastor and his wife are down with the flu again. My son is down with the flu. Uh, and uh, had uh, Wednesday night, uh, one of our people uh, said that he wouldn't be here today because he was the, had the beginning of it and was running a little fever and, and uh, 
Uh, and so it's that time of the year, folks. We're into winter time. We're into busy time. And we're into a time when people are together, which is the time to spread germs and viruses and what have you. So uh, viruses don't scare me. Uh, my son is down because he just is starting a new job a week from Monday and was required by that job to take a COVID shot. He's never he's had one back uh, a year or so ago and didn't want to take any more, but he took one, and he, he has gotten really ill from it. He was up all night last night running a fever and getting chills and from, a, from a COVID shot, and uh, I've never had it. Do not intend to. Uh, would rather die, and it's, I may. They tell me I will, but but you know what? I'm going to die. Amen. Uh, I, in case you're not aware of that, I am going to die. In fact, let me give you a really hard truth. You are going to die. <laughs> you say, preacher, encourage us. This is Christmas. Encourage us. Yeah. Well, you're going to you're going to live eternally if you know Jesus, and so that's all that matters. We're not really living now. We're existing. One day we will live with Christ forever in an in a, in a environment and situation which is indescribable. Uh, it is so different than what we're in right now that it cannot be described. In fact, uh, do you realize there is not one word of description in all the Bible about heaven? You say, well, preacher, I thought it was streets of gold. And... No, 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 that's the New Jerusalem. It's described fully and thoroughly, but heaven is not. Why? Because we couldn't take it. We, the, we, we, the, 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 heaven is so different than anything we have ever known or, or experienced or experiencing now that uh, we wouldn't understand it anyway. So uh, God didn't need to describe it. We're going there. We'll find out exactly what it is when we get there, okay? And I'm ready, by the way. Uh, <laughs> let's start with a very, as I said, going to be a very simple message today and start with one of the simplest verses. I suppose every one of you here this morning could quote this if I ask you to. John 3.16. It's up on the, uh, uh, the slides there. John 3.16. Let's read that real quick. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Uh, just as we don't understand heaven, we don't understand eternal life, do we? We understand life and death. We see that around us, but we don't understand eternal life uh, because we don't understand God. Uh, remember, God was here uh, <laughs> before it all began. Uh, there's a phrase in the Bible a couple of times, uh, one in Genesis and one again in John, talking about in the beginning. But God was before the beginning, okay? That's the beginning of the earth and the beginning of us. But God was around long before this earth began, long before we began. Why? Because he always has been, always and is, and always will be. And that's a little hard to understand because I have a starting point. December, there's an ulterior motive here. December 16th. <laughs> that's what I started. And that's approaching now. 
and I'll be able to vote now uh, after after the uh, <laughs> Mercedes. You enjoyed that too much, <laughs> uh, but I had a starting point. God didn't. God just always has been. Do you understand that? If so, please explain it to me after church because I don't understand it at all. God always has been what and always will be. He was and he is and he always will be. But God loved us so much, he broke into the middle of all of that. Broke into his creation, his creation, and sent his son to do something beyond imagination. I am so upset right now because I've got one sick son. I, when they hurt, I hurt. When my sons hurt, I hurt. I've got four. And right now, three of them are doing fine as far as I know. One's home in bed sick. Uh, was supposed to be with me today. I hurt when he hurts. I hurt when my son's hurt. I cannot imagine in my wildest imagination giving one of my sons, first of all, maybe for one of you all, <laughs> but surely not for some enemy. Hamas cannot have one of my sons. I shoot them rascals. <laughs> Wouldn't it, in fact, kind of like doing that. But anyway, I'm not that. I don't get off. I'm on, I'm on TV here. Better not. Better not go too far. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I can't imagine giving one of my sons for somebody that doesn't even like him. They did not like. In fact, they disliked him so much that they did what. They crucified him. And uh, now that's, that's an event we are told to celebrate. We're not told to celebrate Christmas. Nowhere in the Bible. But we are told to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. We're told to celebrate Christ and his resurrection. And so if you want to celebrate Christmas, that's not some big sin. Please don't misunderstand me. But we're not commanded to do that. But we are commanded to celebrate him as our Savior to celebrate his resurrection as our eternal hope. God loved his son so much that whoever believes in him should not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. Uh, love has been defined <laughs> uh, as uh, the willingness to give. I use this a lot in my marriage counseling. Love is the willingness to give to meet the needs of another without asking anything in return. God gave his son for us without asking anything in return. What are you going to give him? What are you going to give to God to pay for the death and crucifixion of his son? Nothing. It's an impossibility. He doesn't ask for anything. He gave us his son by grace so that we could have salvation by grace. God gave. Uh, and uh, the first verse I ever memorized was 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. And I want to share that with you this morning. Uh, you can, uh, if you've got your Bible there handy, you can, uh, you can turn to it. But 1 Corinthians 5, 17, as I said, uh, one of my favorites and the first verse I ever memorized Therefore, if any man be in Christ, 
He's a new creation. Now, you do not know what I was like before I got saved. And I am not going to tell you. You know why? It's none of your business. Because I'm now a Christian. And I live a, I'm a new creation now in Christ. I'm not who I was. I'm who I am right now. Who Christ made me because of faith in him. Okay. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things, what, have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Because God has reconciled us to himself through the death of Jesus Christ. So the first thought this morning I want to share with you is God gave. Now, we've already exhausted this thing, but I want to go through it a little bit more. God gave uh, so that we could be a new creation in Christ. But what did he give? Well, he gave his son, obviously. He gave his son. Romans chapter 8 and verse 32 says, Since he did not spare even his own son. Since he didn't spare even his own son. But gave him up for who? Us all. Wouldn't he also give us everything else? This is God's most precious possession. His son. And he gave it to us simply for our benefit. He gave it to us. Uh, we're praying about some cancer situations. I am so glad that you're here this morning, kiddo. You look great. <laughs> uh, you still probably got some struggles ahead of you, but, uh, but you look great. And then, John, uh, starting chemo Monday, and God bless you. I, uh, I, uh, I remember many years ago now, uh, probably 20 years, maybe more, I'd have to... Figured up, look at my Google calendar. Google remembers everything, so I remember nothing. But uh, if I forget your name, that's just because of me, but Google would remember it. Uh, but <laughs> uh, probably around 20 years ago, uh, I was uh, diagnosed with a terminal cancer in my colon about the size of a baseball. And they had me all set up for chemo. And uh, what have you, in fact, uh, actually went in and did the surgery and took out that whatever it was. They never really figured that out and gave me an answer because it wasn't cancer. But it was about, about uh, they said, a ball about the size of a baseball in my colon. And uh, uh, they took it out. And when they began to examine it, it was not cancer. Now, they'd had cancer specialists in. They had me all set up for, for chemo and for all that stuff. And so I threw myself a hissy fit. Now, if you don't know what a hissy fit is, you'd have, had to, you'd have to know my grandma. Grandma had hissy fits occasionally, and uh, there's just nothing quite like it. But I threw a hissy fit and uh, told the doctors in the hospital I wanted my six inches of colon back. I said, I still have my teeth, my tonsils, every other part of my body, hair, everything. I still got it all. I want, I want that part of my colon back that you took because <laughs> you didn't need it. I still don't have it, but uh, <laughs> just anyway. anyway. <laughs> God gave his son. And then secondly, God gave himself. 
uh, we can't, in John 10, 30, the Bible says, I and my father are one. I and my father are one. God and his son and the Holy Spirit are one. Again, that's one of those wonderful mysteries I cannot explain, but I can share it with you because I believe it and I see it and I, I understand it's there and that's all I understand. But uh, three entities, one God. We just have one God. We don't have three gods, but one entity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Father and Son are one, he said. I and my Father are one. Now, for their own in this John chapter 10, I'm not going to get into that this morning, but uh, someday we'll, we'll look at something like that. But uh, he begins to talk about the fact that uh, uh, he is, Jesus is in the Father, and the Father is in him, and we are in Jesus. And so when we're in Jesus, then we're in God also, just like Jesus. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing, amazing thing that God did for us. God gave his son. He gave himself. And he gave his glory. In Philippians, we looked at this, pastor looked at this a few weeks ago. In Philippians 2.8, uh, the Bible says he humbled himself. God, of the, God who spoke the universe into existence took a handful of dirt and made a man. And boy, that was a good selection because we're still dirt, aren't we? <laughs> God took a handful of dirt and made a man. And from that man, he took... Not a rib. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just ruin your whole day. I've ruined Christmas already. Uh, it was not a rib. It was an organ. He took an organ from the man and built a woman around that organ. The organ is today called the womb. That's why women are called womb man. Because they are a man with a womb which makes them a woman totally distinct from the man. You know, I told you, I just, I'm, <laughs> you're going to go leave your shaking your head and say, well, I don't understand what that pastor said. He humbled himself. God humbled himself. He was willing to do that. Uh, have you ever been humbled? We probably all have a time or two. And if you've ever been sick, that's very humbling, especially if you're in the hospital. Uh, somebody waiting on you and doing things to you that you cannot imagine. <laughs> and very humbling. God humbled himself. He gave his son. And then he stepped back and watched his son until it couldn't stand it any longer. And God had to turn his back on his own son. I, I, as I said earlier, I can't imagine even giving one of my sons, and then turning his back. But he couldn't look. You know why he turned his back? Because all of the sin of all mankind for all time was put on the back of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. That was the suffering. We talk about all the physical suffering, and it was horrible. And the, the, the crown of thorns and the, and the beating and the nailing of his hands and feet and all that's horrible. But the most horrible thing that happened to Christ on the cross was the fact that all of the sins of all of mankind for all time was put on the back of Jesus Christ on the cross. That means 
My sin of the past is forgiven. My sin of today is forgiven. My sin of tomorrow is already forgiven in him for all time. Uh, he humbled himself. What a God. What a God we have. Oh, my. Uh, I always feel so inadequate. Let's move on. God gave, but then his son suffered. The son suffered. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, the Bible says he made him who knew no sin. Now, none of us can relate to that totally because we all know sin, don't we? And we all have sinned. And the Bible says we're all sinners. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But here's one who knew no sin to be what? Sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Let me read a, a quote for you here that I found and I cannot give credit because I don't know there was no credit given at the time. And so I don't know who, who gave it, but uh, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, I wish I'd have said it, but I'm going to repeat it. So in a sense, I'm saying it right now. The son of God became the son of man in order that the sons of man might become the sons of God. Let me read that once again. I, 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 got, <laughs> I got shivers up and down my spine the first time I read that. The Son of God became the Son of Man in Jesus in order that the sons of men, that's us, might become the sons of God. I'm his son. I am God's son. But Jesus had to become sin for me to have that happen. And what a horrible thing. He was born, the Bible says, in humility. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 7, she gave birth to her first child, a son, and she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. Now, not, uh, not what you're going to see at the mall, not what you're going to see in the neighbor's yard, that cute little sterile manger there with hay that you could eat because it's so clean and everything about it's clean and there's no smell to it and, and it's just got candles around it and it looks so sterile and so clean and so good. He was born in a stinking cave that was used to house the animals with all of their filth. Animals do not excuse themselves to go to the bathroom. They go to the bathroom wherever they're at. And in this case, they were in a dark cave in Bethlehem where, where <laughs> it stunk. Literally, it stunk. It was dirty. It was filthy. It was not sterile. It was unclean. It, it was where uh, my grandfather always raised cattle and, uh, and, and pigs. I, uh, <laughs> I liked the pigs when I did the cows, but that, we, we won't go there this morning. But, uh, but I did 
have the opportunity to be in the barn and in the barnyard and and slosh through <laughs> all that stuff that that animals leave because they're animals. And Jesus was born among the animals in a dark, cold cave. Why? Because there was no room for him at the inn. Let me give you a thought to take home with you. Is there room for Jesus in your life? First of all, in your heart. That's what happens when you get saved. But then even after you get saved, is there room for Jesus in your life? To control your life. To lead your life. To bless your life. To encourage your life. My, he can do so very much if we'll let him. The problem is not him. And the problem is not that he can't do it. The problem is he chooses to let us stop him from doing it. He says, okay, fine. I've been there a time or two. You've been there a time or two. <laughs> and God finally just says, okay, let me know <laughs> when it hurts enough. I'll step in and help you, but uh, I'm going I'm to let you deal with this. You, you, you want to deal with it? You've been dealing with it? Deal with it. And then when you get to the point of needing help, I'll be here. I'm always here. I'm always here, see. He was born in humility. He lived a humble life. I love the story in Matthew 22, and I won't go into the story. Uh, some of you will remember it, but uh, uh, in verse 19, Jesus said, Show me the tribute money, and they brought unto him a penny. They, the, the Pharisees always tried to trip him up, and they said, does, does, does Jesus pay taxes? And he's Cyprus says, sure he does. We pay taxes. However, we don't have any money right now. Jesus said, that's all right. Go over to the water. Throw your line in, and you're going to catch a fish with money in his mouth. Then you can pay the tribute. Why did he have to do that? Because he had no money. Jesus, who owns the universe, <laughs> who owns us, who owns everything and controls everything, had no money. Don't we so often feel like money is kind of the controlling factor of our life? It kind of <laughs> controls our direction and our decisions. And Folks, let me say this. God's got a lot of fish out there with money in their mouth. <laughs> you may just need to go fishing. See, it's there. My God shall supply all of your need. How? According to his riches in glory. He owns it all. The cattle on a thousand hills. The wealth in every mine. It's all his. He, he, not only does he own the cattle on every hill, he owns the hills. <laughs> and he owns the mine. And, and, the, and, the, and the wealth in the mine. He owns it. He owns it all. Folks, lean on him. You say, well, why don't I have more money? Because you don't need it. Now, you say, I didn't like that. Well, I'm sorry. Get over it. <laughs> you know, you probably didn't like a lot of what I've said today, but uh, you know what? God's not going to give you, he loves you, and he's not going to give you enough money to get in trouble. Because most of us would get in trouble <laughs> if we had what we want. <laughs> if we could just, just win that lottery. Uh, you, ought, you ought to read some of the stories, the horror stories of people who've won a million dollars or more in a lottery. Yeah. 
94%, if I think I'm correct on that, but it's, it's right, it's in the 90s. The people who've won a million dollars or more are broke today and in debt. <laughs> Why? Because they didn't know what to do with it. What would you do with a million? He said, well, I know what I'd do. I'd give some to here, one to there, some to my kids. I'd, then you'd be broke again. <laughs> you'd be praying again. Lord, let me win another lottery. He, he lived a humble life. Let's move on. He had, to, he had to catch a fish to, or send him out to catch a fish so he could have a penny. The Bible says they brought him a penny and he paid the taxes. Got the money out of the fish's mouth. Fish didn't miss it. Uh, and then he died a horrible death and We'll deal with that come Easter, okay? I'm not going to deal with it this morning. But uh, the Bible says one thing that I really like, one verse I really like, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. says, He endured the cross. He endured the cross. Let me, let me read that whole verse for you uh, because I, uh, I just love it. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, looking unto, or into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, the pastor's been talking a lot about that, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The word there translated despising comes from a Hebrew word which means to care little about. He cared little about what was happening to him on the cross. Why? He was doing it for us. So though it was an act of humility and shame and horrible torment, he didn't care because of the purpose. He, looking unto Jesus, who what? Who for the joy that was set before him. Do you think he enjoyed the cross? Oh, my word, no. He endured the cross. It was horrible. But he did it for us so that we could have eternal life. That was what it was all about. Died a horrible death. And then the last thought this morning. We believers benefited from all of this. Though we're not told to celebrate Christmas as such, we get the benefit of all of it. 2 Corinthians 5.20, the Bible says we are reconciled to Christ. We are reconciled to Christ. Brought into a saving relationship with him for all eternity through what he did. God saved us by his grace when we believed. And we can't take any credit for anything. <laughs> Ephesians 2.8 says it's all by grace. All by grace. Thank God for grace. I, I, I'm still, we, uh, the pastor and uh, our little Wednesday night group, uh, 
did, uh, boy, I don't know, uh, it was eight or ten weeks uh, Bible study on grace. And uh, I, I, I came away appreciating grace so much more than I ever had. Do you realize how wonderful grace is? The grace of God that watches over us, that loves us, that cares for us, that teaches us, that directs us, that overlooks all those horrible things in our life. Why? Because we're saved by grace, kept by grace, going to heaven by grace. It's all by grace. It's nothing I have done, nothing you have done, nothing we can do. It's the grace of God that makes it all possible. Beautiful illustration of salvation by grace was the work on the cross. And we benefit by an everlasting sacrifice for sin. Again, in Hebrews, I want to read that because I want to look at Hebrews again here in uh, chapter 10 and verse number 10. By that will, God's will. Jesus said, I've come to do God's will, back in verse 9. And then in verse 10, he says, by that will, God's will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body on the cross of Jesus Christ once for all. I love that phrase. I, <laughs> I've got it heavily underlined in my Bible. Once for all. He died once for all, for everybody, did it for all of us. The God's will was to us, for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Christ once for all. Our only responsibility is to accept his free offer. That's our only responsibility. Just accept it. Whosoever. Let's read our text again as we close this morning. John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. We're in verse 17 now. But what? But to save the world. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. All we have to do is just receive him. And that's it for all eternity, once for all. Pray with me, if you would, this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I, I know we're small in number this morning, but uh, I learned a long time ago that uh, God <laughs> is not controlled by numbers. And maybe even in this small number, there's somebody here this morning who's never asked Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior. I want to pray for you before we... Uh, Go on with our music this morning and be dismissed. I, I don't want you to leave here 
without having that opportunity. So with heads bowed, eyes closed, I'm going to pray in a moment. And as I'm praying, you just simply do what God said to do for all of us, what I did, what everybody has to do to know Christ. Just say, Lord, forgive me. I'm a sinner. No, I am. We all do. Lord, forgive me and save me and give me a home eternally with you in heaven. That's all you need to do. You do that as I close in prayer this morning. Lord, thank you for the privilege, for the opportunity to preach the Word of God, to share the Word of God, to share the story of our Savior and all that He did for us. Oh, my. It's, Lord, I, I, I haven't touched the hem of the garment. But, Lord, it doesn't matter. Done the best I could. If there's anyone here who doesn't know you, I pray this would be the very moment, the eternal moment, that they come to know you forever. Go with each of us as we depart this morning. Keep us safe until we meet again. And help us, our Father, to remember you did everything once for all. Yes, Lord. Amen.